It's the Skinny Podcast, only on Local12.com. Now, here's Richard Skinner, joined by Chad Brendel of BearcatJournal.com and Rick Roaring from MusketeerReport.com. Welcome into a special edition of the Skinny Podcast, the college basketball version. I'm Richard Skinner, Local12.com, digital sports columnist and editor with Chad Brendel from BearcatJournal.com and Rick Roaring from Musketeer Report. Um, of course, we'll be starting our weekly podcast coming up late October, early November as we roll into to college basketball season. We were trying to do these once a month, and we did one about a week or so ago. And then obviously the bombshell that dropped in college basketball this week has prompted us to do a, a special edition of it. All right, fellas, let, let's start with, with first and foremost the Louisville situation. But we do want to spin it into for you guys what, if anything, would transpire with UC and or Xavier. But let's start with, with Louisville and, and Rick Pitino. Um, a, it was pretty swift and pretty quick and and definitively had to be done um i guess the brazenness of it is is the thing that shocks me because it wasn't just an assistant coach at louisville it was patino himself who basically was involved with this yeah i I mean i don't think there's any way to get around regardless of what you want to throw out there patino had some hand in this i mean how it exactly went down there's room for for arguing but he had a hand in this in some shape or form and to be quite honest like we knew he had to be gone, but at the same time, there was a still a small part of me that thought somehow he might be able to linger on and, and keep this going for a he little. Survived, still fighting, like he, he's nine still, lives, and he's still fighting it. I mean, he, he, he's, he's out. He, oh, there's no question. He's but just he, getting but it his money. He's not gonna fight. He's, he's trying to get a cut of the, yeah. yeah he's, he's just getting because he has money. no buyout. So yeah, he does. I don't think he does. Yeah, he does. Well, they're trying to fire him for cause Correct. to get rid of the buyout. Correct. Correct. And that's why he has a buyout. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But that, yeah, that's what they're. Yeah. They're trying to fire yeah, him for right, cause. Right. Um, so we, let, let's spin that to then the direction of Mick Cronin has Louisville ties. Chris Mack, obviously, we've talked about him. If the Louisville job ever came open, I'll start first and foremost with you. Would Mick Cronin even consider this? I, the, the short term of this is this. There is the possibility of the death penalty we can talk about here in a second. Um, there is no athletic director currently. so that No has president. To, yeah, no president. So there's a lot of other domino pieces that fall in place. Before I jump ahead to, to, to Mick and, and, to, and to Mack. You already did that. I, I did, but, but – Really, this whole situation screams to just have an interim until all this, whatever gets settled, gets settled from the president to the AD to maybe even whatever NCAA punishment. Well, uh, here's here's the thing. We have no idea what the NCAA timeline on this is going to be. Correct. Because we have they no still, idea they, they, they when still the have F- to do something. Well, we have no idea when the FBI is going to turn everything over to the NCAA or even if the FBI is going to turn everything over to the NCAA. And the NCAA probably isn't going to start anything until the FBI Correct. is done because done. they know. Right. Correct. Wh- wh- why Correct. would you? Like, we just wait until it's all years out there. plus. Yeah, right. Before anything even wow. starts happening. Right. Um, so, so I guess if you're Louisville, then what, where do you go from that? What do you do with that? Do you do you just do you tag David Paget? Do you tag someone from the outside that's that's in need of a coaching I, job just until this whole thing gets done? I know it's crazy. I know he's crazy. Tom Crane makes the most sense because you do still have a team in place that's capable of success. And you have a guy that went in and cleaned up Indiana. Yeah. I mean, after the Kelvin Sampson mess. Yeah. Yeah. You have a guy that's been through Rick, it. Now, Rick, Rick is smirking. Rick smir- no, I mean, I'm smirking too. But logically, like, you could hire him. He could be in place. He's taken these hits before. And you could get through two years or three years with him. That's the thing. That's the part where I think Crean makes the most sense because he's not a stopgap just for one year. Like, if you get through this year and you have a really talented team, so you could have a fine year. Right. And then you find out, you know what? 
these guys that we thought were at the top of our list still aren't coming because of whatever yeah. the sanctions. The sanctions are still over our head. They have no idea what's going to happen. Maybe we're still being threatened with the death penalty. You can live with Tom Crean being your coach for another few years, especially in the situation you're it in. It makes me smirk, but, but it makes sense. There is nothing funnier. I mean, you just talk about the hits keep on coming. If you go yep. <laughs> directly to Tom Crean as your coach as Louisville fans and just the crap you have to take from Kentucky fans, oh, my God, that's going to be brutal. Yeah, but but can you turn it over in the short term to an assistant that doesn't have head coaching experience that, that's – that's I don't think he's tied to the mess. I guess I guess they wouldn't just, wouldn't try to make him the interim coach, David Pageant. But do you really I have go not that heard direction? His name tied to it, right? But do you go that direction, really? I mean, I think I, that's the most likely direction. I I think the most likely direction is Scott Davenport. I don't know I, I, for, for him, a year. Yeah, that that he puts his lead assistant in charge of Bellerman, and then comes back, and then comes back, and he just says, "Well, he's got to be." I'll be honest with you, Scott's getting how old is he? He's got to be getting up, up there to the there. point of thinking retirement, which is which too. is how wild would that be? Go win a national championship. I mean, he might think he legitimately has a chance to do that with that yeah. Louisville team. And then go back to Bellarmine. And, and then go back to Bellarmine to finish off your career. Yeah. Like, that would be a wild ending to, a, like, a career that everyone's loved that guy. The city loves him. Yeah, he's a high school he's coach there. He's university assistant there. He would cause the least waves, I think. Without He'd be the smoothest sailing, without question, if you could get him. Um, that would be something. It, it would be an interesting deal. It would. I, that's, I don't see how you can give it to Padgett. He's new to coaching. I, I just think it's hard. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. I, not just new to like. I mean, we're talking. How, how old is he? Not that age always matters, but he hasn't been it's out that, that long, right? Yeah, late twenties. I, I think that's the. I think that's the move you've got to make. Honestly, mm-hmm. I think you've got to get rid of Paget. He's the guy that you want this locker room to not think the sky is falling, and I think that's one of the only ways to do it. They think the sky is falling. Well, fair enough, but it, but there's one guy that they're trying to rally around right now. They're saying that's the guy they want. I think if I think that's the guy you keep personally. Yeah, um, they're I, comfortable. With let, it. Let's talk though about the viability of, of first Mick Cronin. He he does have U of L ties. Was was a coach on on Patino's staff. See, I think it stops there. And and, and that's where I, I'm going to leave the open ended question: Is is there any consideration on his part or their part? Uh, on their part, I don't think they can do it. I, I don't the, think they can. The optics of it. We're bringing in a Patino protege, and not only a Patino protege, but like one of Patino's closest friends, a guy who is defending Patino after the prostitute right. situation. Yeah, I don't think you. I don't think they can. Uh, I just think you would set yourself up if you're Mick for a boatload of of just getting crushed. Early in the process. Right, well, I guess here's the question. If Louisville had interest, would, would Mick have reciprocal interest? Or, right or again, now, if I you're don't a think co- so. If you're a coach with really any common sense that already has a good program that you're dealing His with. His roster's the best it's ever been. I mean, There's you, some when, stability to when it. you don't know, I mean, honestly, there is, and we'll talk about this in a second, there is a potential for the death penalty. I don't think it's going to happen, but there is a very real potential for that. Yeah. Whether it's for a year or two or whatever. If they uh, don't get the death penalty, and I don't think they'll get still the be death severe. penalty, it is going to be very, very severe. <laughs> you, you get eight scholarships. I wouldn't be surprised. Six. Two a year, yeah. Whatever. I wouldn't be surprised if you're one of that thing. They've got six scholarship players to work with. 
and then you get one back or two right, back whatever. a year or whatever the it, case it, may yeah, be. For over a five-year period yeah. back to the point. You but I could 13. see them knocking them down to six yeah. and saying, all right, you got five starters and a sub. Yep. And then the rest and the rest the are walk-ons. Team. Yeah. Get the rest off the football team. If they do not get the death penalty, then just remove that idea from ever happening ever Agreed. again. Because no I, one will ever and get and it ever and again. And I, and I want to get into that here in just a second. But then I want to ask now, we talked about, about Mick. What about the viability of Chris Mack? Because we've talked about if that job came open at some point. He would certainly be, A, a viable candidate and probably very interested. I, I know Xavier fans probably feel uncomfortable about this because it's real now. Like, the job is finally open, right. and we've been talking about that for so long, that being the job that Chris Mack would, would possibly leave for. If I'm a Xavier fan, I'm thrilled about how this job finally came open because this is the best chance you right. have of Chris Mack ever passing up Saying this job. Saying thank you, but no thank you. If this job came open at any other circumstance, right. it would be, meh, he's – He's taking it. Like, yeah. he's going to take that job. Yeah. Under these circumstances, even next spring, after this year's over, after Chris Mack has his most talented roster in place and he finishes out this season, and after you know Louisville gets through the, uh, a year and, and maybe we have a better, clearer picture, or maybe we don't. Who knows what we'll know next spring. But I still don't know that he's willing to take that job at that point. Especially, again, like these are small things that Louisville could just like buy out his house and sure. make, never make him worry about the money or the house or anything. But it's still a hassle. Like You just moved into a new house. Your family, your daughters are getting up to that age where they're about to enter high school and stuff. Like That is small and stuff. the job isn't very attractive like it would have been in normal that, circumstances. That's the thing. Those are small things, but all of a sudden when that job isn't what it was to you at one point because of what the, NCAA sanctions may make it into – all of a sudden, those smaller things mean more to you. The, the only I mean, thing it would be would be stupid money. That's could, the yeah, only thing. Yeah, could you walk in and just say, I want 10 years, seven, $7 million? Yeah, I, whatever coach accepts that job under whatever parameters are, are given. I want 10, I want 10, 10 years, years, $7 million guaranteed. Absolutely. And they're one of the places that, that, can, can, that can swing it. They, they generate money. like $50 million more than any Correct. other college basketball program the, in the, the country. And let's be honest, that's why they won't get the death penalty. Well, all right, probably I, true. I, I'm glad that's a good segue then. All right. They, they just got slapped in, in June with, with, with the uh, Andre McGee sanctions, for lack of a better term. By the way, well, he's still working for Patino. Just as, found that out. As this. a personal assistant? Um, I'd say, yeah, something like that. As escort caller? I don't know. He's still working for him, though. Interesting. All right, so that takes place in June. And within a month, you are brazen enough to, to do this. If that doesn't... To have a coach on tape correct, saying, and we have to keep this quiet, we're on probation. And to have Patino make phone calls to, a, to an Adidas executive saying, hey, we need to take care of yeah. this family. Uh, you can't get more brazen than that. No. If, if anybody watched the SMU 30 for 30, what really got them was their brazenness of they were on probation and continued to pay players. Well, That's what finally got them. It's not the death penalty per se. Because you can't do one thing and get it. Correct. You have to be on probation. It is a repeat offender clause. That is correct. Within, a, what, a four-year period, right? Yeah. Yeah. This is within a 90, 30 that's days, like, 40 that, days. That's my point. The brazenness of that within a month to do it's something. Wild. We're not talking about a plane ticket or an extra meal. Paying for gas on an unofficial visit. Correct. Something that, yeah, okay, you could probably get away with it. This is as brazen as it comes. I'm with. You. I don't. I, and the twice NCAA, the NCAA has said they they really regret giving SMU the death penalty in, in football back in the 1980s um, because the program really has never recovered. Now SMU was never at the height in football that Louisville is in basketball from a traditional. They were headed there. 
well, they were headed there because they were paying players. But I'm just so talking about Texas. I'm just, so was Texas. Well, by the way, Louisville's I'm, Louisville because they're paying players. If you haven't well, forgotten, maybe, Chief, it's a good point. <laughs> maybe, but but Louisville, who's Denny Crum an assistant under? But Louisville, hang on, John Wood, and and, and he he learned from the master. Um, I don't know who Sam Gilbert was at the time, but we'll we'll figure that. But but the bottom line is Louisville does did have traditions. SMU really did. And they had a little bit of pocket stuff here and there. Louisville had some level of success. Um, I, I'm, I don't think they give them the death penalty, but if there's if there's ever a reason that screams for it, this is it. And if it did... They're going to get smoked. Yeah, that's the other part. I guess, and you made the good point, Chad, whether it's the death penalty or not, whatever it's going to be might as well be the death penalty because you are going to be... Basically, what Mick Cronin took over at UC, you're going to have two Except scholarships. Except he had full left. scholarships. Right, but he had one scholarship right, guy left. What I'm yeah. saying is he could go out and get a correct. roster at yeah, least of correct. scholarship players. Correct. correct. And so they are going to get hit, hit hard. Um, I think that's definitive. The question is when does that come about? Because the NCAA has not started an investigation. It's waiting for, as you mentioned, the, the FBI probe to, to get done. And who knows? When you hear ongoing investigation, we're not talking about that's going to end at the end of October. Right. That could end in the end of October of 2021 well, for all we know. And, you know, maybe that's how the NCAA ends up getting off the hook and not giving them the death penalty is that that hanging over their head for so long is enough. kills their recruiting to where they're so decimated by the time you figure out what you're actually going to do right. to them that you really don't have to do all that much. Yeah, I still think you would do something. but, but that's Oh, a, oh but, but God, that's a, yes, that's but you, you maybe don't have to take away like actual seasons from yeah. them and give them yeah. the literal death penalty. And, and like to be clear, when we talk about the death penalty, that means you're losing a season of competition. That's how you understand it, Correct. right? That's what we're Correct. talking no, about. No, that's what it is. Right. Yeah. No, I know, but I think I don't think fans always understand that because I hear Your that Shut down. Yeah, like you literally are not going to compete for at least one year, yeah. if not and then more. It's, and then it's up to the players. Players will be released from scholarships to go anywhere they want. It's up to them if any of them want to stick around and, and be a part of it moving forward. You can imagine in today's day and age, ain't many going to do that. No, absolutely. Now, I will tell you the, 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 the other part to this, and really this is more of a Louisville issue, and, and I only want to bring it up because it is a Louisville issue, I guess, is the Yum Center is is had some financial difficulties big time. To say the least. And let, let's face it, if you're a fan of the program, there's going to be enough deep-seated fans that will still go, but not enough to probably fill that facility going forward, maybe this year, because they do have a good team in place and, and the schedule's not going to change and all those things. But moving forward, that facility could be in big-time trouble, man. It's already in big-time trouble. Right. It's, it's, it ain't getting better. Wow. All right, so let's let's spin this whole, this whole thing forward. The, the, they've... The, the, when the announcement was made, the, the the stance that supposedly you say is going to scare people is, call us, don't make us come find you. Alabama did it. I know, but but here's my question: Was that more of a of a, of a bit of a bluff to to try to smoke people out, or do you think, think, think that they so. really think we're going to get not just two more or five more or seven? We're going to get multiple more. It may take us some time because it's ongoing, but we are going to get you. Back to back days. They go into AMA Sports, Andy Miller's office. They subpoena everything, take his laptop. The next day, they go into the EYBL offices. They subpoena everything. Which is Nike. Which is Nike, the the grassroots arm of Nike. They're not playing. Oh, no, I don't think they're playing. I just... Skinny, there better be a lot more money out there because... This is the feds doing a two-year operation. That's yeah. a lot of taxpayer and, dollars. And it, it wasn't for $150,000. Right. It wasn't for well, $250,000. And it wasn't to get four assistant coaches either. It had to be for millions. I mean, it, um, right. seriously, there has to be millions of dollars that they're chasing here. Yeah. No, I, I, I guess the question then for them is what is their end game? To get tax money. That, uh, to get that's, – that's what they're doing. Uh, is it, no, that's it's, what it's they're – yeah. No. That, they want their money. 
If there's hundreds and thousands of millions of dollars potentially changing hands without illegally taxes, right? without taxes, without taxes right. they want it. Well, and there's also the 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 um, fraudulent things with the financial advisors where well, they were steering kids right. to these financial advisors under false pretenses. And then the financial advisors were basically robbing them blind after they were making right. good money. Remember, that's where this started from. Yeah, right. guy got busted. Well, exactly. Guy in Pittsburgh got and, busted. And this isn't something that the FBI was like, we need to investigate this. This is something that somebody flipped because he was funneling money to players aside from what he got in trouble with the Securities and Exchange Commission for. He was one of the guys that was funneling money to high school prospects. And he said, I want to get out of this. Yeah, how do I help? Here's, here's how I can help you. Right. Here's, here's one of the things I can give you. And that's how the FBI got involved in this. So this isn't something that they said, we've got to clean this up. They had a tip dropped in their lap. Right. And they started investigating and said, well, there's a lot of money here that's, not, that's passing hands and not being taxed by the government. We should get lots of it. See, I, I don't think the NCAA – or well, not the NCAA. I don't think the schools are in the FBI's crosshairs. They're not coming after the schools. I think no, they, they see the schools the as kind of a victim. Just the individuals. Yeah, well, the ones that took money. Right. But th- those are secondary. That's ancillary. They're not, they're not going after the schools. They're going after – the agents, they're going after the shoe companies, and then ultimately they'll end up going after the parents that took money. That, that's going to be my next For question. tax evasion. At what stage do you start going after them? I wouldn't be surprised if they already are. The ones that they, can, they, can, they know have gotten paid. All right, does that scare recruits moving forward and their parents from sticking a hand out? Yeah. Does it? You would think it does at it? least makes some makes, it's not going to curtail all cheating. No, not in, in any way, shape, or form. But at least for the time being, you would think there's a certain percentage of people that are going to think much longer and much harder before they start not those asking parents. for handouts. Not those parents. I, I, I think the coaches will. Certain I think perc- the coaches a will. A certain percentage of them will, Skinny. I, I, I really don't – like. no, there's still you always going to be – You come from nothing and you don't care? There's always going to be that. There's always going to be some of that, but that's not 100% of recruits. No, I'm not saying Sometimes 100%. Sometimes we get too blanket. with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, well, I think there's a good percentage of them that will think longer and harder before they start asking for handouts. And they'll be a little bit more uh, smart or discreet about how they do this it. This isn't eligibility. This is federal prison time. Correct. Correct. Like, yeah, so there's going to be some that, that say it's worth it and they still have their hand out. But one – how many coaches are going to be willing to, to mess with it anymore? Well, that, that's the part because now you really don't know, is the guy I'm with an informant? Yeah. Is, is the guy I'm meeting an informant? And there are, Rick and I can attest. That's a paranoid bunch of dudes to begin with. It's a weird, eclectic society, All the right. coaching world. So moving forward, how does this change recruiting? By my estimation, and I've run this by a couple people, that both national um, media people and – and coaches and the people I've been talking to over the past couple days, there are 15, we'll, we'll say 15 schools operating like this, that, that most people know that this is, right. that they're involved in this. Those schools, let's say they get two high-level kids every year. That's 30 kids a year put back in the pool. That's a lot. It's a lot. That's 30% of the top 100 put back in the pool. Now, the elite kids will end up at Kentucky and Duke and 
order will be restored at the top because if you look at the top of the rankings, when it's not Kentucky and Duke, you see all of a sudden Auburn all this is getting this these kids or USC is jumping or up. Oklahoma, to get State. Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State is jumping right. up. Those those will fade away. Those kids will go to the blue blood schools. But it'll trickle down all the way through because those spots are going to be there. And the value of a of a top sixty kid to UC and Xavier is incredible. Trayvon Blewett changed Xavier's program as a top forty kid. So what you maybe get is UC's been getting pretty much one four star high end guy every class. Xavier one every class, sometimes two. Um, now, what if Xavier and UC are, are now getting two top 75 guys every class? That changes who they are drastically. This is where I think it gets interesting for our conversation because this is legit for UC and Xavier. I yeah. mean, if you think they're operating, doing things the right way, which whether they are or not – I find it hard to believe either not, one of them are getting caught up in this. When's the last? They're not paying a hundred thousand dollars. When's for the guys? last top well, fifteen kid that landed at either school? I, I'll exactly ask both of you because right. you guys you, you monitor your message boards, and obviously people wring their hands when UC's in on a kid and loses out on that kid, or when Xavier was in on a handful of really big time kids this year, lost out on those kids. I mean, I'll ask you both point blank: Is it maybe get to the point where the hand goes out and both programs go, "We're not going there"? We just it's can't. already been there for UC. Like Mick has done that. There are four kids. In this investigation, players 1 through 13, four of them, UC recruited early, goes heavily involved with, and then when such and such got involved or whatever name pops up that you know is the exit point, all of a sudden this guy's running the show, they're out. One is Nasir Little, who is a top five kid, top ten kid in the 2018 class. Mick was the first high major school to offer him. His, when his AAU coach took over his recruitment, it changed. We're out. Right. Where's his AAU coach right now? Prison. Jail. Nice. He was arrested on Monday. That's nice. So, yeah, it, 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 it's already happened a lot at UC. And I know you – and by the way, listen to Rick's podcast from Tuesday. Phenomenal with former Xavier and DePaul assistant Rick Carter. But it was mentioned on there. They know assistants aren't stupid. Such and such school pops up, like, you know, we're recruiting them. It's us and Michigan and whatever. And then all of a sudden, two names pop up that you know. Right. And the coaches know. They just say, well, this is a wrap. Clearly their hands are out. Or else those schools wouldn't have popped up on the radar. And I'll go to the Xavier part of it because, again, this has not been a great recruiting period for Xavier, right? I mean, they've missed out on, on some kids. And maybe there is a, maybe this is the reason why. Maybe this really is the reason why. It's not that yeah, – yeah, I mean – And some of it is they were in with Blue Bloods as well, and that, that, that factors into it. But I don't want this to turn into schools that don't recruit well now get to say, oh, yeah, well, see, the whole time the, well, they were cheating. Right. And, like, that's not all that is for Xavier. They, they've had other issues in this class. I mean, they've swung for the fences and tried to go after some of those top-tier kids, and they decided to do that in a class where they had – five to six scholarships to right. fill and a class right after they have look they've got a sophomore point guard who played 40 minutes a game in the NCAA tournament last year that looks like he's going to be good and then a, a, Both freshman, have class, good rosters a that... freshman class that was 
ranked eighth last year in the country. So you look like you have a top five or six coming back next year that are kind of solidified. That's tough to recruit to. Schools are going to use that against you. So I think that had more to do with Xavier's struggles this summer than schools were cheating against them. But Chad's point is still a good one. This does potentially throw some of those kids ranked 30th to 70 or 30th to 90 back in the pool for UC and Xavier, or or at least teams that are successful and deserve yeah. to, to compete for those kids as opposed to teams that are sticking out, hey, here's $100,000 to come this way. And I, I just I, I agree with your point. I, I just I think it's, it's important to note that if that part where all of a sudden Auburn pops up on a kid and a staff has to go, are, are we going to go there? Are we really going to go there? And they have to make that decision. I think that happens – a lot less likely, a lot more frequently now. Right now, would you agree? Um, it, it it all depends on the the mentality of the staff. Like, if that's the way you do things and you get out when that happens, yeah, that like you may change your mentality now. On the other hand, I think there are plenty of staffs that were already saying we're going to keep recruiting this kid regardless, and you know whether that school cheats or not, we still think we have a chance to get him. All right, what was this do to the grassroots basketball AAU? Stuff moving forward from from all from, from all across the board. I don't know. It doesn't do anything, and you want to know why? Because the NCAA isn't going to say no, Nike. That's okay. We don't want you to pay for all our jerseys and all our shoes, and we're not going to take your giant checks anymore. And they're not going to say that to Adidas, and they're not going to say that to Under Armour. So you know what? They're still going to be their grassroots scene, and they're going to do exactly what they want to do because they pay a ton of money for all this to happen. Well, that's where I think it's interesting. Does Nike or Adidas or whatever decide they say, want to still pay that ton of money? We're not putting as much into grassroots. We're not funding fifty million dollars for grassroots basketball. Why would they do that if they don't can't do what they're doing now, where they're funneling and accessing players for the future? That's why they're doing it, right? But they'll they'll figure out a way. You know what I mean? Like yeah, they'll I just, figure out a way. I'm just to interested to see if do. there are short term. I don't think it would be long term because I think you would see it increase back up as time goes on. I just wonder if short term there's not a knee jerk reaction. You want to you want to know how it's going to change grassroots basketball for real? Like the honest to god truth. The big Samoan dudes that dress in all the Nike gear yeah. that keep us separated from the coaches or say you can't film here on this sideline and parents you can't sit in that bleacher. Those dudes will be beefed up. There'll be a few more of them and they'll be a lot meaner. Other than that, don't think we'll see much change. Interesting. I, I guess the only thing is, d- does the investigation then eventually lead to, to the shoe companies? There uh, it has. Well, and, and I'm talking about in a more major way than where we're, where we're at right now. Um, and you start having not just a guy, but multiple people. Well, I think that's being threatened with prison. I think it's it's the shoe companies and the agents that they're after. I truly, I don't believe that they're after. NCAA institution. No, it's collateral damage, but it's, yeah. it's collateral damage. that's major news. Absolutely, absolutely. I'm just, I'm just saying from my perspective. I think that's where the 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 the, the gun is aimed, is at the shoe companies, the people that are that are funneling money, and at the agents that are, you know, the runners and and the agents, and that chain is what they're after. And you would think maybe if enough of those guys go to jail, or you know, there's enough of penalties they have to pay or whatever for all this. Maybe it changes things. But at the end of the day, there's still tons of money to be made selling sneakers and, you know, getting these kids to endorse you. So they're still going to go back to that well Well, like Snow made a great point on agents. And I think they're the worst in all of this. But why are they the worst in all of this? Because there's dudes getting $80 million contracts in the NBA that aren't all that good. Right. And an agent makes 3%. 
a pretty good piece of change. You know, well, you the, get a four-year, $80 million deal, that that agent at 3% is doing real well. Absolutely. I think the financial advisor was the most nefarious thing we've seen in all yeah. this because you literally had dudes that were known for stealing money, and you had these coaches or agents or whoever taking a cut to steer these guys to these advisors who were just going to rob from them. That's yeah. the nastiest part of all well, of yeah, that. The, 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 guy, the guy initially involved in Pittsburgh, he'd already been busted once before for, for this Google guy. You could Google him. He, he said that. Right. I know that's the insane part to this. Is Did you not – did somebody not vet this cat out before they got involved with him? Yeah, clearly not. Clearly not. I mean, Chuck Person comes off like an idiot. Yeah. Like an absolute blithering idiot. A, that you were desperately needing that much money when you had $23 million made in the end. What is he, Antoine Walker playing casinos all the time, for God's sakes? Maybe. Possibly. I don't know. Possibly. 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 Great nickname, The Rifleman. The Rifleman. Yes, indeed. Yeah, somebody's going to put a rifle to him before long. So one of the other things that I want to know about that I just haven't heard anyone really talk a lot about, and maybe it's just because no one has any idea, but perhaps the most interesting part of this for Xavier and UC is – what happens to these teams that are getting caught up in this for this season? Because you're talking about yeah. Louisville, who's Arizona. a top ten team. Arizona, who could be one or two. Um, Miami's USC was US, supposed to yeah. be a top twenty, top 20 team. team. Yeah, I mean, you're talking about the team Xavier and UC are right in that mix in the top twenty two. If if some of these guys are ineligible or there's questions about their eligibility and they're held out, or, or just this hanging this? over your head as a coach yeah. and the, as a program, yeah, all does year. it screw I mean, up their yeah. seasons? What does that do to the dynamics of this college basketball season? Because Xavier and UC could legitimately take advantage of that. Very much so. I mean, they're both. We both say the same thing. Do you think this is the most talented roster Chris Mack has had at Xavier? Yes. I most certainly think this is the most talented roster Mick Cronin has had at Cincinnati. And this is on two programs that over the past five years have spent time in the top ten. Right. Have, have been very, very strong. And we both feel like these are the two most talented teams. And you've got college basketball in a bit of turmoil. And, and who knows how many more in the next few weeks we, we that, that pop up on the radar under the same gun. I mean, yeah. there could be three to five more in that top 20 that pop. I don't know that for a fact, and maybe it doesn't. But as we mentioned, this isn't stopping at, at four assistant coaches and the University of Louisville and the University of South Carolina no, and I, Miami of Florida. Brief, I briefly mentioned it. Alabama got caught up in right. it last night. Right. They fired a guy that was an associate athletic director that used to work in compliance for the NCAA. Right. That's right. Well, he knew the rules. He knew the rules. Like, I mean, that's who you want trying to get right. around the rules. If you're, if, if you're going to crack a safe, you want to know somebody that's on the right side that knows how to crack that safe. That's all I can tell you. It didn't work for him. It did not work for sure. Knowing the rules did not do him well because... Oh, he knew how to get around the NCAA rules. He didn't know how to get around the Fed's I, rules. I think that's an interesting part of all this, too. Like, no, None of these guys ever thought to account for the Feds. They never thought, like, hey, what we're doing is, like, for real illegal. Not like we're just... Like, cheating. If the NCAA comes, we'll get a slap on the wrist and a two-year show cause. We'll go work in the NBA as a scout for two years, and then we're back. How awful do you think that was? Some of these dudes were, like, out recruiting, and they just got a 7 a.m. wake-up call from no the idea. feds at the Had hotel no room. no idea it was coming. To get arrested. Had, uh, I, How awful would that be? 5.45 a.m., Sean Miller, knock on the door. Yeah, well, this story is similar. I don't know if you saw the 30 for 30 on the, on the Boston College basketball fixing scandal back in, in, yeah. the, in the late 70s. But almost the same thing. They, they caught... Henry Hill for something else. He just like a blathering idiot mentions, "Well, yeah, we were we were fixing games at Boston College," and the guy went, "Wait, what? You were doing what?" And that led to this and this yeah. and this. And it was the same way. Knocked on the door at six a.m., rousted all the parties up, and and that's just the way they do it. Well, that, man. Yeah, that's the way they do it. Like when that story broke at nine thirty, everything was was done. done. Yeah, the ten people were in jail. Like the, there were coaches being. 
uh, questioned across the country. Like at 9.30 a.m., they had already been at work for hours on this thing. Yeah. And nobody had a clue. So a- any guesses? Nobody had a clue. Any guesses what they do? I mean, like, because, like, Brian Bowen's not playing. No, he's out. Um, I know. There's going to be someone at Arizona, we would think, but I, two guys I, at Arizona. Well, I think there's only one on the roster now. One's and a recruit. recruit. Right. 2018 recruit. R- well, right. But, but, I mean, you know, that would still, still affect them going forward. So One prominent guy on their roster. How quickly does that stuff happen? I mean, I think those guys would probably be out this year, right? Well, the guy at Arizona just magically announced that he's out for 8 to 12 weeks. With a uh, stress what? fracture, or... yeah, no, no, don't don't put the fracture on. They're just stress. stress. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that, that yeah, th- th- there there is that that as well. Um, I, lastly, um, for for the way this has all gone down, this really doesn't affect the one and done kid. But there is the kid like Bowen that asked for a hundred grand. The kid that's in that boat, does he now look and go, you know, I'm skipping college altogether. I'm just going to go overseas. And how does that even change the landscape if that's the case? It doesn't. I just don't think that's ever going to be a legit threat. I really don't. I agree. Despite Moutier doing it and having pretty good success with it? Yeah, because what what has that changed? No, it, it hasn't. Other guys have done yeah. it. It just doesn't change anything. Yeah, it's like it, it's just not as attractive as everyone will lead you to believe. You yeah. want to live, live in Lithuania and become a grown man right away that's Un- got to take care of away yourself. from your family. Understood. But but if this money, let's just say this money now is out of the pipeline, whatever this amount is, and God knows what the amount is, this money is now out of the pipeline when it comes to recruiting. And I'm not here to be naive enough to tell you that somebody isn't going to find a, a way here and there, but it's not going to be nearly as blatant, and it's going to be much more difficult. Um, because everybody's going to be scared to death of who they're dealing with. But this money's taken out of the pipeline, though, and that kid needs it today, and yet he's not ready for the NBA today, and he doesn't want to be a part of college, and he's not getting paid to go to college. I mean, you life, have life's tough, Buttercup. I don't I, like. No, you'll I, have, I, I, dude, you'll have randomly one here and one there, as we have seen in the past. I don't think it's that. You're not going to see. Six of the top ten kids playing in Europe. It's not going to happen. Well, no, I, I said, I said it, it probably doesn't affect the one-and-done kid because that kid can suck it up for a year because he knows well, what the, he's The, the not-one-and-done kid is not getting paid much. Well, Brian Bone wasn't a one-and-done kid, was he? He was a top-15 kid. I don't think he was any good, but he was a top-15 kid. He was a McDonald's All-American. But even but even if he's not, that's fine. So so what, like $100,000? That's still not attractive enough for you to make decisions like going overseas. I mean – that doesn't a hundred thousand dollars to go to a college doesn't equate to a couple million dollars overseas or anything. Like he would still have to get a good contract overseas, and there's no guarantee no, there isn't. You're right. that he's getting paid boatloads of money to go over there. And again, it's like you just go over there and you disappear for a year. You're irrelevant. You have no one around you. Whereas you go to college, it it may not mean that much, but like there still is that compete to be an All-American, compete to be a college player of the year, a player of the year in your conference or whatever, you can build up some type of brand and some type of value before you go to the NBA. And no, that doesn't equate to getting paid or anything like that. But it's still more attractive in a lot of cases than going overseas and growing up immediately at the age of 18. Yeah. Right, one, one last point, too, and I, I want to get on to, to a head coach saying, I don't have knowledge of this taking place, the plausible deniability. Because I think average fans think, how does that coach not know? He, he probably does know, but he, well, but he doesn't want to know everything. Here's what he knows. Every coach that's got a guy that's a get-stuff-done guy right. knows he's got a get-stuff-done guy. Correct. Correct. That's, he knew when he hired him. Now, he doesn't want to know how how or what's going on. He just knows that guy's here to get stuff done. Yeah. And, and he, go get your stuff done. 
let me know when the kid enrolls. But, but I do. I think it's totally possible for an assistant to do something like this on on their yeah, own. Yeah, absolutely. Landing. That's what I'm like, saying. I, to I make think, their bones. For I lack think of it's better totally term. possible for a coach not yes. to know something like this happened. It wasn't that case in Patino. No, no, because he's obviously he actually had contact with the Adidas guy. Right, and this is and this is systematic too. It's not like this was like oh. They did it for Brian Bowen, and then it stopped. The other kid that they were talking about in the hotel room with was a 2019 kid, right. two years away. So this is something that they've been doing for a while, clearly, and it's something that, it, let's be honest, it's probably what they did to try to keep up with Cal. It's probably like he yeah. felt like we can't do anything else to really compete with him yeah, it, other than start shooting. There's, the there's, there's no doubt Cal got under his skin with that. And there's and there's, there's no doubt. There's no doubt that Patino at some point said, we're going to do what we got to do. Yeah. There's no question. Here's the difference. You know what Rick Pitino is clearly very bad at? Cheating. Cheating. Yeah. You know what Cal is clearly quite good at? Don't, don't say it. He is not. He has not been connected to any of this. I honestly don't believe he does. I believe he runs a clean ship. I don't think he'll get tied up in any of this. I believe he's got some get-it-done guys is what I believe. I think he's really good at operating in the gray areas and circumventing. And he's got some getting get in it, trouble. And he's got some get it done, guys. But the situation at Arizona, maybe I, I, I would say it's probably likely Sean, Sean Miller did not know specifically what Book Richardson was out doing. But he one thousand percent has known from the day he hired him who what he's about. Th- th- what he yeah, you know yeah you one hundred percent. And there's a reason those guys are making half a million dollars, six hundred thousand dollars a year because you you go get me players right, and I'll coach them up. There you go. All right, any final thoughts? I'm I am interested to see what this does to the 2018 recruiting class yeah. right now because Xavier was looking like they were in a tough spot. How big is this shakeup? Is it just these few kids that were committed to no. Louisville and a couple other schools, or does this really reshuffle the deck a bit? We see more decommitments. If so, Xavier's in a great spot because they don't have anyone committed, and they've got all the scholarships you could want for 2018. They do have a commitment. They have one commitment. Right. <laughs> Speaking of which, uh, since we last did the podcast, they also lost a kid. Talk, talk about that for, for just a moment. What do you want me to say? He left. I, no, yeah, I, yeah, he went I, to Missouri State, was uh, homesick. So Simple enough. Yeah. No, nothing more, nothing less. Yeah, a kid that was a little bit of a stretch when they offered him in the right. first place for a big class in 2017. And I'll be honest, you, you take him off that class, and I think it probably doesn't drop one spot in the rankings. There you so. Go. Just so people know. That's all I want to touch on. How about for you, Chad? Brandon? Anything else? I think the, if, the the luckiest person in all of this to this point, I think, has been Sean Miller. Because I think Louisville stole the entire spotlight. There's going to be a second wave. When that second wave comes out, that is going to take over the national conversation. And what nobody is talking about is the potential number one or number two team in the country being heavily involved in this. Nobody is talking about it. And it's a player on their roster and a high-level 2018 recruit, like Louisville, two times they were caught up in stuff. We're not hearing anybody calling for Sean Miller's head. We're not hearing anybody damning the Arizona program or, or you know, coming after them, guns blazing. If Louisville's not in this, Arizona is the most prominent name, and the guns are pointed yeah, yeah. at Tucson, Arizona. Yeah. But because it was Rick Patino, a Hall of Famer, and because it was Louisville. And because it was coming off probation within a month of this A team place. coming off of probation and a team that has won national titles and is a prominent name in the college basketball landscape, everything aimed directly at Louisville. Right. And Sean Miller kind of skated on this there's nobody when's have you heard anybody talk about sean miller this week no you no other than other than boy i can't believe sean miller's involved in this that that's the only thing and then 
Right. Next then cut. Let's talk about Patino. Yeah. Right. Right. I, I mean, no, you're right. I mean, and that's what I was talking about. No one's talking about the effects on this season right now, and it is huge if yeah. you look at the teams that are involved in this stuff. Yeah, and that's I guess the other part to it is is how many more people start to come forward, and it affects this year, and and, and the fact that the feds eventually will drop another hammer. Maybe it's well, next like week. the Alabama maybe thing. It's, the funny thing is, it, maybe they drop this on November the third. Maybe it drops on November the 9th, November the maybe 5th, whatever. Maybe it's January 4th. Correct, yeah. And uh, kids are out. It hits on Selection Sunday. Well, like uh, Alabama, the Alabama thing. If that's Colin Sexton, Alabama was going to be really good with Colin Sexton and John Petty as their freshman backcourt. I love Colin Sexton. If something happened with Colin Sexton and he's out at Alabama, Alabama's not going to be any good. Yeah, no, it changes a lot. It d- does change a lot. So we may have to have another emergency one if they do something else in the next week. I want to come out and say, I can say with the utmost confidence that NKU is running a clean program in Highland Heights. You will not see them caught up in this. Yeah, that's why you could see John Brandon and Louisville starting next week. That's because that's they're doing, dealing with the big baller brand. That's why. <laughs> big baller brand at NKU. Well, they're going to end up the, 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 the primary shoe company in this country, aren't they? Maybe. Triple B's? Triple Maybe. B's. He knew what he was doing, didn't he? Triple B's. God, how awesome would that be if everyone just had to wear big baller brand sneakers? Wow. Because all three or, of the major the, shoe companies were in debt because of this. Or the Jimmer Fredette, Fredette specials. Those are fire. You have to ship them over from China, but that'd be a good look. It's Those good are stuff. fire. Good stuff. All right, fellas, we appreciate it. Uh, we'll be back. Uh, who knows? We could be back in another week, for all I know, depending on how this, this all shakes Practice down. starts tomorrow. Yeah, that's a good point. So we'll see what, what takes place. Certainly. Uh, Not at Louisville, it won't. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> would they raid practices? Wouldn't that be something? Midnight Madness. All of a sudden, the feds come in. Big Blue Madness. Everyone stay in your seats. Everybody down. <laughs> Big Blue Madness. There's guys dancing up on the podium and on the stage. Cows being cuffed. You just see World Wide West face down at the court <laughs> with Jay-Z next to him. <laughs> that would be fabulous. All right, for Chad Brendel, Rick Boring, I'm Richard Skinner. Thanks for being with us on this special edition of the Skinny College Basketball Podcast.